guys, and welcome back to Love Update. We can't believe it's halfway through the first season of Love Update, and we are so happy that you are back with us for episode three. We're so grateful for all of our listeners. We are especially excited this time because this story and this reader, they just knock it out of the park. It's just absolutely amazing, and we cannot wait for you guys to listen. Let's dive into our question of the week. If you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? Okay, I think this question is totally crazy because I think the answer is so obvious. What's your answer? My answer is that I'd want to keep the body of a 30-year-old because I think that so much of the amazingness of life is that you have maturity and you have perspective on what's going on. And if you are only stuck at age 30, even when you're 80 or 90, I feel like it would be so depressing that you haven't like learned from or retained stuff from the last 60 years of your life. See, my thing is I have the same answer, but for a very different reason, which is that when I'm 90 and dying, I don't want to be like super with it. You know, that would really suck to have. Like, I feel like if you have a 30 year old mind and you're very sharp, you're still you still got all of your faculties in place. And so you're basically going to have to watch yourself die in HD. And I would hate that. Okay, that's actually really valid too. <laughs> also, I think that it would be really cool to be able to like do all these like physical feats when you're like old and have this like amazingly fit body for yeah. someone who's 80 or 90. Keep it tight. This week's topic is breakups. The past two episodes have kind of talked about different stages of love, like before it happens on dating apps and then when you're in the throes of it in first love or losing your virginity. But the point of this episode is to talk about kind of the aftermath of love. What happens when things come to an end and what it says about the state of love in your life now and beyond. Our amazing reader this week is Ryo Oyeyemi. She is a junior in Berkeley College, and she'll be reading an anonymous submission. We hope you enjoy. I am in Maui and I have forgotten that I am miserable right now. I am sitting on a beach chair. I am reading some inconsequential book that I brought with me to pass the time as I soak up the tropical winter sun. An egret lands on the hedge in front of me with white feathers that stand out starkly against the blue sky and toothpick legs that look too thin to bear any weight. I reach for my phone to send a picture of this bird to Scott, but then I remember that we don't do that anymore. As of eight days ago, there are no more bird pictures sent between us. No pictures of anything, really. Nothing at all, actually. Since he decided that a year and seven months was never going to be a year and eight, I can no longer send him pictures of funny birds or dogs I pass on the sidewalk. And then I remember that I am miserable right now. Yesterday, I broke the silence and texted him. We talked about sad things like what he got for Christmas, that wasn't from me, and how he was doing. Sad, but apparently not sad enough to want me back but we did not talk today. And maybe that's even sadder than the sad things we talked about yesterday. The silence 
has been deafening, a screaming absence. When I moved cross country for college, everything in my life was changing faster than I could handle. So the stability of his high school life gave me shelter from the turbulence of my own. A cornerstone of our long distance relationship in the age of instant messaging was the fact that we told each other everything, everything. What he ate for lunch, the funny sign I saw on the street, the paper he had due the next night that he hadn't started, the new pen I bought that I had somehow misplaced again. I told him everything, not because he would ever stop me from doing things, but as a record for myself. It was a ritual of validation, a reassurance of my own existence in the world. Telling him made it real, made me real. In the slew of consolation texts that I received from sympathetic friends, Ava had said that after her breakup, she felt untethered. She meant it as a good thing, implying freedom, a renewed sense of individuality. But as someone who suddenly felt her tether to reality snap, this was horrifying. I had been set free, cut loose, let off the chain, and I wanted it back. So abandoned in that deafening silence of untetheredness, stuck on a 700 square mile island in the middle of the Pacific, I no longer feel real. I still want it back. And then the panic sets in. The panic is what surprises me most. I had expected sad, check. Angry, check. Lonely and frustrated and vengeful, check, check, check. I had expected all of those rabid, contradictory feelings that come with heartbreak. But I had not expected the pit of your stomach, churning, gripping, nauseating panic that started the second I watched him leave my house, closing the garden gate behind him for the last time. The panic of feeling the floor drop out from under you. When he started at NYU this past fall, it felt like we had made it past the hard part of cross-country long distance, but I had not anticipated that he would not need me like I had needed him my freshman year. The panic of abandonment. That old familiar panic instilled in me by past boys, pushed aside by Scott, only for him to fish it right back up. The panic of being alone. That panic had me sleeping in my childhood bedroom had me forcing my dogs to sleep in my bed every night. Warmth, company, and fur for when the tissues ran out. Normally, I am a leisurely roll out of bed at noon kind of girl, but that mini moment of remembering every morning, that panic, now that could get me up faster than even the most ear-splitting alarm clock. The panic of zero unread texts in the morning has slowly subsided, its intensity no longer paralyzing like it was in those first few days. But panic still rears its head when my memory lapses and I reach for my phone. So I roll back over on my beach chair, turn back to that inconsequential book, and remember to try to forget. It is January 3rd. 
I am in Los Angeles and it's practically impossible to forget that I am miserable right now. Compared to Maui's aura of tropical escapism, Los Angeles is like a minefield. The place where we went on our first date, there. The place where we broke up, right here in my own bedroom. The toothbrush that I got him when he started spending more time at my house than at his own, thrown away. And while Lauren, my heartbreak guru and best friend of five years, insisted that it had to happen, each thing taken down, thrown out, or put away was a tiny funeral. I did not want to move on. Because moving on is letting go. Letting him go. Letting us go. But after many failed get him back schemes, you know, the classics, the guilt trip, the get super hot, the pretend you're over him so he realizes his mistake. More tears than I've shed in years. I realized that I do not have control over this and that I never did. That even in our last month, as I slowly felt him distancing himself, as I tried to hold on tighter and tighter and pretend that this was something I could prevent, I did not have control. Even when it happened, when he walked in and I already knew what he had to say by the way he avoided my eyes, I thought that maybe there was something I could do to fix it. More time to talk, an open relationship, a trip to Joshua Tree. But this was not something I could fix, not something I could control. He had made his decision and the only decision I could make was whether or not I would let it ruin me. And fuck, I'm better than that. After the initial freefall, the breakup breakdown, the untetheredness began to feel kind of nice. Nice? Yes, nice. The huge expanse inside of me, like standing in the middle of the desert with no one else in sight, went from being a waking nightmare to something almost comforting. My bed is all mine to stretch my legs, lay starfish style, hoard the blankets, my brain is quieter and lighter, slowly becoming more okay with being alone. And the reflex to record every part of my day is less urgent. I have put away the mementos, I have blocked Instagrams and Snapchats, and I have realized that there isn't any less love in my life than there was before. Love pours from the cracks. Like being forced to do a blind trust fall, I had to lean on people, trust them to be there, relinquish control, and hope I wouldn't land on my ass or crack my head open. But Nora called me every day to ask how I was doing, helped me decipher and dissect every text message, let me tell her about my day, and actually listened. Lauren drove me around in my own car while I cried and yelled at me when I tried to text him. Ava and Stella took me out to get drunk on a weeknight. Jacob gave me advice on how to rebound gracefully, and Charlie gave me that graceful rebound. I didn't land on my ass, and I didn't crack my head open.
Ryo, you did an amazing job reading that story. Truly, truly so beautiful. Thank you for being on the show with us today. Why don't you tell our Love Update listeners a little bit about yourself? Thank you so much for having me. Hi, I'm Ryo. I'm a junior in Berkeley. I'm a neuroscience major. I am also the outreach coordinator for the Yale Layer, Yale's only undergraduate publication dedicated to issues of mental health. So if you have any art or stories or poems that you want to send in to us, please send them our way. Let's go ahead and dive in and talk about this story. So what are some parts of it that maybe stood out to you or that resonated with you a little bit? The thing that I think stood out to me the most was how much location affected the subject's like ability to connect or rather forget with Mm -hmm. um, the heartbreak that they recently went through Mm -hmm. because I just truly do understand that. (laughs) (laughs) When you're away and removed from somewhere like this campus, (laughs) it's really easy to not think about all the pain that relationships can sometimes bring you. But I remember at the beginning of my sophomore year, I came back to campus and had a full breakdown. (laughs) Yeah, so. The way that she described different locations as just stirring up all of those emotions and taking her right back to the day they broke up or where they had their first date is something that I think everyone can resonate with. Like, once you start having intimate and powerful moments with someone, it sort of brands the places that you've had those moments with them in as always reminding you of who that person was. But I guess in the end, she was sort of able to accept that that was going to be the case and then find different ways to soften that blow by looking at all the other love she had in her life. Yeah, and I think that the way she kind of drew this distinction between certain things that she can actually do to like get rid of these memories, like throwing the toothbrush away and things like that, that kind of represented this like taking back of some of the places that were kind of originally corrupted with these ideas of like the past and the breakup and another thing thank you for saying that was that the locations brought her pain or sometimes hard memories or like the items did but it was the people in her life that like Mm -hmm. allowed her to remove herself from that painful past and take the lessons that she needed to from it which is that she couldn't control anything in her life which is something we all need to learn especially myself and and move forward with this other love that she has which is her community and the people around her i think what really stood out to me towards the end of the story was just the fact that she was able to have this like intense maturity to be able to reach out to people who weren't necessarily going to reach out to her until she said something was wrong but after that just being able to communicate with them in a really like vulnerable and personal way and say like yes i need help and you are the people who can give it to me. And the fact that they were there and they like stood up for her and brought her all this joy just shows that like we kind of tend to like categorize romantic love as this like separate category Mm -hmm. that can't be replaced by any other kind of love. Mm -hmm. But what really comes out of this story is just that like love is love. And just because one source of it is like tampered or taken away, there's still so much that can fill those exact same openings one last thing was that i thought it was really funny how she threw in there that she had you know a good a good rebound oh yeah that's something something that you needed sometimes we act like um doing physical things or doing little things after a long um situation is something that should be hidden or something that's like a failure of you to be strong and by yourself but as was another lesson of this entire piece was that the people around you can serve you in various ways. (laughs) 
Okay, Ryo, so now's the part where we ask you who is someone you want to send a lot of love to today? I want to send love to my four best friends, Mia, Maya, Imani, and Sid. I love you guys so much. Sid, Maya, Imani, and Mia, we're sending you so, so, so much love. Thanks again, Ryo. That's all for now. I'm Shayna. I'm August. I'm Ryo. And this has been Love Update. Hi, my name is Ryo Oyemi, and I am part of a trampoline. If you jump on the trampoline, you jump on me too. <laughs> so don't you dare wear your shoes on that goddamn trampoline. Yeet. 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 No, 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 no. Yeet. Yeet. One, one more time. Yeet. Thank you. <laughs> Love Update is grateful for the theme music provided by Lee Rosevere at Happy Puppy Records. We're also thankful for the tech support provided by the Yale Daily News. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and email us with any questions, comments, or submissions at loveupdateyale at gmail.com. <laughs>